Now, for today's growing pains, we're talking about what your child's bowel movements say about their health. You know, at, before becoming a parent, you never think about things like that. But when you become a parent, suddenly every bowel movement or the lack of it becomes a problem. Right. We're talking this morning to Dr. Chai Pei Fan, who is a consultant pediatric gastroenterologist. <laughs> Public announcement. Okay. Okay, we'll, we'll start again. We'll start again. Let's hold on sure. for a bit. <laughs> wow, they have this. How often is it, doctor? <laughs> Every morning. Okay, once, oh, only, once only. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what it sounds like? There's someone they, or a child went missing and then they add the okay. uh, information. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's do again, the intro yeah. again. Okay. All right. Okay. We're speaking to Dr. Chai Pei Fan. He is a consultant pediatric gastroenterologist from Pantai Hospital KL. Good morning, Dr. Chai. Good morning. Thank you so much for speaking to us about bowel movements this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Not a very nice topic to start off But with. it's important to, to yeah. know about, I think. I think before you become a parent, you don't really think about these things. But yeah. after you become a parent, every bowel movement or the lack of bowel movement becomes a problem. It's a monumental right? issue, yeah. right? So, Dr. Chai, can you tell us, uh, firstly, what are some of the most common gastrointestinal ailments that children face? Uh, are children of a certain age more susceptible to these ailments? Well, the common gastrointestinal problems uh, by the different age groups. So you have the infants, gastroesophageal reflux, uh, cow's milk protein allergy, bowel infections are common. For the toddlers, they can come with uh, malnutrition, poor weight gain, eating disorder, and even uh, motility problems like constipation. Mm. And of course, the older children may present with gastritis, uh, reflux, and some with problems of irritable bowel. I see. Now, let's talk about constipation, though, in children. How mm -hmm. often should a healthy baby, an infant below one year old, uh, go for bowel movements per day? Well, the normal for infants can really vary. Mm -hmm. Usually at birth, they can have a very frequent uh, bowel movement. Oh, really? Up to every every feet, you know. So it's possible to have seven to eight times a day. And uh, this gradually reduces to uh, when they are about a year old to about once or twice uh, a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But having said that, a special group of infants, uh, especially those who are fully or exclusively breastfed, uh, they can have very infrequent stools uh, in the first six months of life. So they can have like uh, once in two or three days. And for some, can even be once in a week or two. What? Yeah, this Is can be normal. Is that That's normal. That's normal for this, this group of uh, babies. Interesting. So ultimately, stool frequency alone uh, cannot be used as a good parameter to determine whether a child has constipation. Okay. So why these group of babies have such special uh, bowel movements like once a week? Uh, it's just this group of uh, babies, they are fully breastfed. Most probably 
they digest very well and uh, lots of uh, good absorption. Mm -hmm. So they don't produce too much stools. They probably accumulate it uh, for a few days uh, be before they pass it up. Okay. But as a parent, you'd start to worry if your child doesn't pass a stool after a day. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, the... Uh, most parents would, would uh, be very concerned. Mm -hmm. But uh, when the, we have a look at the child, the child's really growing very well and they have no other issues. Okay. Right? They are feeding very well. The tummy is not too distended. They don't have issues with uh, vomiting. And everything is well except that the, except the infrequent stools. So that's uh, quite normal. But is that the marker though? Is that when they vomit, then only it's the beginning or it's it's getting serious? Mm, it's a normal uh, a normal behavior for some of these fully breastfed babies. Okay. And uh, it's not too uncommon. Not, not every fully breastfed baby, but not uncommon as well. Yeah. Okay. So if they were not fully breastfed, then maybe you would worry if they don't? Definitely, yeah. yeah? yeah. If, if they don't, if they're not fully breastfed, they don't fall into this category of uh, infants. Then, of course, uh, if they don't pass through in uh, quite a few days, then it, it's something to, to take concern. Okay. Yeah. But what are some of the other possible reasons as to why babies and children have constipation? Well, there are uh, many reasons, but uh, most of them uh, can be due to maybe some dietary changes, especially during the weaning period. Older children, once they start school, for example, school toilet avoidance, and uh, some children do have the behavior of incomplete evacuation. And uh, this can become the trigger factors for children getting into uh, the problem of constipation. Mm -hmm. So basically, they're just not comfortable doing it anywhere else except home. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They hold it for uh, quite some time and sometimes they, they lose the urge and uh, and it just goes on. Yeah. Uh, like you said earlier, it, it has to do with diet as well sometimes, especially for older mm -hmm. children. Uh, yeah. But as we know, many children, they're very picky eaters and they don't like to eat vegetables. So what yep. can we do as parents to ensure that they consume sufficient fiber? Well, what parents can do, firstly, is to be consistently persistent, right? <laughs> and uh, secondly, still continue to be persistent and never give up. <laughs> so just continue okay. feeding them vegetables. And hope that they take it one yeah, day? Make, make, it, make it positive, right? Make mealtimes positive and really have some... Uh, uh, you know, positive encouragement rather than, you know, uh, trying to force it on them and make uh, mealtimes a very uh, negative experience. Yeah. Okay. So encourage a good balanced diet with good variety. And I, I believe it's very important to start them young, even at the time when they start taking solid food, the weaning period, and to expose them to a good variety of food and when uh, during this uh, reading period, it's not only important to focus on the nutrition uh, part of it, but also the development of taste and texture acceptance. Mm. Many old school practices are very restrictive, and this really doesn't encourage uh, children to accept different types of food. 
especially the uh, vegetables. Yeah, because I mean, in Asian culture, they eat rice and soup. That's it, right? <laughs> A lot of children just take rice and soup. Yes, yes, that's the that's the common practice. Yeah. <laughs> but should children consume supplements to, I guess, to assist their digestive health, like like probiotics and things like that? Okay, <clears throat> very interesting question. And uh, let's be more specific. Let's talk about probiotics, uh, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, to boost uh, digestive health. Uh, a very simple answer to that question would be no. And maybe to be more precise, we don't really know. Well, in the past few decades, we do understand more and more about our gut microflora. That means the good germs in our bowels. Mm -hmm. And uh, we also understand a lot on how using these uh, probiotics, probiotics are these uh, good germs, and how we can modify this uh, gut balance. But how well probiotic works and how well it works in general for the purpose of just boosting general uh, gut health is still unclear. So which type of probiotics really works? All right. Does it work for everyone? And at what, which dose we should give, which strain works better and to use it for how long? So these are the questions that are still uh, not fully answered. But what about like highly constipated children? Should we give mm-hmm. them a supplement of fiber, perhaps? You know, there are su- some fiber supplements or vegetable mm-hmm. replacement pills or whatever, yeah. or liquids out there that can be given to children. Do you think that's advisable? Well, uh, fiber can be part of it, but I think we really need to know what is the main cause of the constipation and the uh, you know, trying to solve the problem rather than just adding more fiber. Mm. Because fiber may not uh, be the problem for all children with constipation. Oh, interesting. Cause, yeah, because when we were kids, I remember our parents would say, just eat papaya and you'll be fine and then you'll go. Does it <laughs> still work the same way nowadays? It works for probably most, but uh, probably not everyone. Hmm, interesting. Now, you know, this entire topic actually... Um, came up because my own son has problem with uh, bowel movements. Going. And um, he's had this problem since he was a baby. He was breastfed He was breastfed for only three months and he started solid at five months. And even during the time when he was fully breastfed, he would probably go only like once, maximum twice a day compared to other mm. breastfed babies who go like maybe after every feed they would go, right? And when he was about six months old, he didn't have a bowel movement for a total of six days. Oh my God. And I brought him to the doctor. A pediatrician recommended like a tablespoon of prune juice and a bit of water. But that also didn't help him go. Uh, so the question here is, doctor, what, what might be the problem in this situation? And if there are parents out there right now with their babies in a similar situation, what can they do? Well, like I said, uh, if in those uh, uh, infants or babies who are fully breastfed, not passing stools for a couple of days may be normal, uh, provided that they don't have any other issues. Uh, but for those who really have an issue with uh, constipation, 
Uh, if it's just a few days, yes, uh, you can try natural laxatives, prune juice, like you've mentioned. Uh, drink more water, and uh, can use the different types of juices, uh, and of course, take more fruits and vegetables. And uh, if that fails and it's still persistent, then uh, probably you need to seek medical attention, right, to find out what. Uh, would be the possible underlying cause uh, as well. Very rarely, uh, it can be due to bowel conditions that need specific treatment. Like, for example, babies born with a condition where they do lack nerves to control the bowel movements, hmm. right? So after examination and uh, assessing the child, if uh, none of the significant problem is found, then we call it just what we call uh, functional constipation. So in children with functional constipation, the use of uh, child-safe stool softeners would be recommended. In fact, it's important to identify them and uh, treat them right appropriately to prevent the constipation from getting uh, worse or becoming chronic. Mm. But can I go back to the point where the, the babies or the children don't have nerves to make them want to go, how do you how do you solve something like that? Is it common? Well, uh, it's not common. It's not common, but it's something that we uh, you know we look out for, especially mm. in children with uh, a lot of issues with constipation. It's not something very common, but it's something that we do really uh, need to find out if they really have this kind of condition. And uh, the treatment ultimately probably would be some minor surgery to correct the problem. Wow. Oh, okay. okay. That's quite scary. <laughs> I, I, okay, back to my son now. Okay, sorry, yeah. Even as he got older, uh, from about two to three years old, he only went once every five, four or five days. And that was very worrying because, I mean, he ate well. He, he drank a lot of water. He doesn't like to eat vegetable, but he does eat some kind of fruits like apples, mm-hmm. bananas, and papayas. Papayas, yes. Yeah, and at this point, I think it's more about the anxiety of going because after so many days, right, surely the the stool would be a bit harder mm. and it would be yeah. painful to pass. So how That's do right. you deal with a child who is resi- resisting the urge to go? Okay, these children go into what we call a vicious cycle a vicious cycle of having hard stools painful uh, passing of stools and then they develop this withholding uh, behavior Mm. so with the withholding behavior it results in more hard stools and it just goes into a cycle so the treatment for this kind of children is firstly to break this cycle clearing them uh, of any impacted stools and to do what we call a complete evacuation. Okay. This is followed by keeping the stools uh, soft that, so that they can pass regularly until the good bowel movements are restored and also making sure that no more painful experience to reduce the withholding behavior. So do we use a suppository? Because um, some parents have actually told me, oh, just use a suppository and then they'll be fine. But you have to use it all the time, you know. After five days, if he doesn't go, then you have to use mm-hmm. the suppository. Well, there are many options. Uh, we try not to use suppositories. Uh, if we can use 
certain oral uh, stool softness of laxatives. And I think we really have a, to have a uh, good plan and to get them out of this uh, vicious cycle, we call it. Mm-hmm. So what else, doctor, can I do to help him go to the toilet at least once every day? Well, the question is, uh, does he really need to go once a day? Because sometimes uh, for older children, how, how old is your he's, child again? He's four turning five this year. Well, okay, it's four turning five. So um, for a child that age, sometimes their normal can be just once in two or three days. If they don't really have any symptoms, then uh, it's not... Uh, is probably not a problem. Okay. But if for any reason you really need, uh, you know, uh, your child to be a bit more consistent, then uh, what we can do is to encourage what we call uh, some bowel training, right? Wow. So this involves encouraging them to go uh, to the toilet at a regular time, right? The best time would be probably after a meal, uh, we make use of what we call the gastrocolic reflex, meaning that when we uh, when we eat, our bowel starts moving, mm-hmm. and uh, our large bowel tends to move as well. So after a good meal, usually it's easier to uh, you know it, it's easier for the bowels to open. So after dinner is a good time. Usually it will be less rushed uh, as compared to probably other meals. So if your son can follow that and his power can develop uh, a, a more regular habit, uh, most likely he's, he'll be able to uh, be met more regular. Okay? okay. So no one said that uh, poop is easy, right? For some <laughs> children, right? Shit is hard. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think we can air that. But... <laughs> But I do understand, yes. Uh, so so your point here is maybe every day after dinner, just make it a habit to just sit in a toilet for a little while and see whether yes. or not he goes. And sometimes they he do goes. catch that uh, okay. regular habit, yeah. That's but if he doesn't, it doesn't mean that he's there's something wrong. Yes, if, if he has no other problems and he's got no other symptoms, uh, maybe that's just him, yeah. Yeah. So is this inherited some somehow? Because my daughter, he she goes regularly, uh, even from from a baby. What is regular an, though? Every day she will go twice okay, at least, okay, like right. once in the morning and once at night. Uh, and for my son now, it's about once every three days. And yeah. I mean, is this hereditary? Does do they follow the patterns of their parents or or things like that? Mm, well, it can run in the family. Constipation <laughs> can run in the family. <laughs> or in this case, not run. <laughs> okay. So, so it is normal, doctor, for children, for, for some children to go up to three times a day and for some to only go once every three days. Three days, yeah. yeah. So the normal for adults and the older children can be uh, two to three times a day to two to three days once, yeah. Is diet all to be blamed or is it the the workings of what's inside the gastrointestinal uh, system? 
uh, like I say, it can be a mixture of uh, trigger factors and uh, uh, reasons. So you can't really blame the diet for everything. But uh, most of the time, it's uh, part of the problem. Yeah. Okay. I remember you saying irritable bowel syndrome much earlier just now. And That's right. we found out that IBS also can cause constipation, not just uh, going purging. too much. Yeah. yeah. Not just going to the toilet. Yeah. There are a few types of irritable bowel. There are, there are the types uh, that uh, the more, more common ones usually is just uh, diarrhea. A lot of uh, right. diarrhea. Yeah. But there can be some with uh, a mixture of diarrhea and constipation. Does your son ever have diarrhea? Never. Never, right? <laughs> Never. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. But, I mean, children, sometimes they cannot describe to us where the pain is coming from, the abdominal pains that they experience. So what can parents do before rushing them off to the emergency room if they complain of a stomach ache? Well, uh, depends on how bad the stomach ache is. And uh, of course, sometimes uh, besides looking at the description of the pain, parents can look at the effect of the pain. For example, uh, looking how the pain affects the child. Uh, the child's not able to do uh, his or hers uh, normal activity, disturbing uh, classes, going to school and uh, not able to sleep or even suddenly awaking at night in severe pain and of course uh, trying to figure out you know which location the pain is, more of upper uh, tummy pain or on the right side for example and how meals, whether it's after meals or before meals affect the, the, the symptom. So besides you know, looking at the description of the pain, maybe, you know, they can also uh, ask questions or look into how the how severe the pain is mm. in terms of how it affects the child. Okay. Now, uh, finally, doctor, how can we as parents, how can we help ensure that our children have healthy bowel movements and digestive systems? Well, uh, encourage them to eat well, good balanced diet, not only fiber, but uh, other nutrients as well. And uh, most important of all, I think as parents, we should show good example. You know, uh, I've seen uh, many uh, parents uh, complaining that their children are fasty eaters. And uh, when you ask them how they eat themselves, you know, uh, they probably don't eat much uh, fruits and vegetables as well. So I think as uh, parents, we should show good example, make meal times a uh, uh, happy time, a happy meal, right? And uh, of course, not to forget that children also need a good amount of uh, physical activity and exercise uh, to keep mm. everything in balance. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's important as well, I yeah. guess. Yeah. But generally, doctor, even for adults, rule of thumb is if you eat three times a day, should you go three times a day? No, no, no. No, not necessary. Not necessary. Not necessary. Yeah. 